Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Yo, I hope you've enjoyed all of our conversations so far. Thank you so much for jumping into this uh, this series, uh, Furious Conversations. It is an intergenerational conversation based loosely off of the conversations by Furious Styles and uh, the uh, the men in Boys in the Hood, whether we're talking about Trey or some of the guys in the neighborhoods or some of the friends of Trey. Um, this model of intergenerational conversations is what we've been um, been trying to push here for these last three weeks. And uh, today is the conclusion. So in this particular conversation, we get into conversation about blended families, uh, about loving our children, about accepting when our children have uh, evolved into the phase of like seeing the person behind the curtain, uh, seeing us for who we really are with all of our faults and all, all of our weaknesses uh, and being able to uh, to evolve our roles in their lives as they uh, as they age. Uh, we talk about that and then we also pivot into conversation, brief conversation about finances, admitting some of the financial mistakes that we have made as men in ways that we have seeked and are seeking to continue to grow from them. So good conversation. This is part three, our final part. If you've missed any of them, you can catch all the services on our YouTube uh, channel as well as on our uh, Facebook stream. So I hope y'all enjoy this. Here we go. So Bishop, you were about to jump in um, and you said it, it doesn't change. Um, no, no, you're gonna, it is what it is. You know, they're gonna pick up the ways there's no way to, to, to mask it because it's, it's who you are. And, it's and they'll, they'll see your growth even. And, and we'll be able to tell you down the road when they saw that shift. And that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Ah, yeah, yeah. But um, so for me, what's interesting and cool now, you know, raising grandchildren or having grandchildren and being able to pour into them, that's very exciting. I try to, I'm, I'm far more conscious of the deposits with them <laughs> than I was mm -hmm. with, with the children. Because with the children, you got all of what you just described going on, and that the energy it takes just to sustain that is, is enough. But but the interesting thing for me is having conversation with my full-grown children. Not, not just the young, you know, 20, but now, you know, Stacey's 30, and, losing his 40, so just having those conversations with them, there's a there's a space you get to where they will tell you that you used to know everything that you don't anymore, and we know some things that you don't know. Mm. And to accept that reality mm -hmm. is it, it takes some work. So you gotta you gotta come in with a level of humility with that. And ready to ready to hear and listen and learn, and that that's a that's a blow to the ego at first, cause all of a sudden they're seeing behind the, the Wizard of Oz curtain, and it's like, oh man, you know, now they know that I'm fragile. Now they know that I have some fear. Now they know that I have some weaknesses. 
and they can see it clearly. And so showing up for that takes a lot. You know, I've been telling people lately, the kingdom comes to your house first. Mm. You could pray that kingdom come and then immediately you think of the world mm -hmm. that you're to affect. But the kingdom comes to your house first. Wow. So a lot of stuff gets worked out between you and children. And you guys know, you know, I tell you my kids' story, so you know the stuff that I've navigated and continue to navigate. And so, you know, and then you know, you got, you know, in laws that you that you work with. And I was telling you about my son in law who we're just bonding and growing close and Today we had an exchange that was just so rich, like, wow, that, that just happened. We were literally loving each other like men that, you know, you don't normally see it expressed. And we talk about, you know, father-in-law, son-in-law having that kind of expression, you know, toward one another. That was just powerful. So, you know, now I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, so if I'm intense about anything, it's just kind of pay attention to where I am and who I am to them and, and those places where I need to just, you know, step down, step back, and give them the space to be grown and expressive and and teach me some things. That's that's, that's, yeah, that's a, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, that's yeah. rich, right? That is. That is. Awesome. This is so rich. I hate that I got to follow behind it to give any type of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so how did they end up with me last? Um, you know, I think it's a couple things. So for us, our dynamic is we're we're a blended family, right? So when I came in, I became a bonus dad instantaneously. I became a bonus dad. What was I like 22 maybe 22 23 Cammy's wow. Cammy's 15 I was, now I was 21 yeah and so um I'm gonna answer it from a couple different vantage points just because the audience is so wide I'm sure and I think one of them is a question I'm, I'm asked often a lot now is like how did I navigate kind of a, to a degree between being a bonus dad and then having my son right because some people would differentiate between oh you got one that's yours and then you got this other one and it's like for me, I've never felt that dynamic. It was an interesting conversation I had with an older guy who, he's older than me, but they just had their, he just had his first one through his wife. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I can't, I can't relate necessarily to how you feel in that regard, because I feel like Cammy is as much mine as Jace's. And I go as far as to say, I almost, <laughs> it may sound, but it's like, I feel like I can make another Jace. I can't make another Cammy and Cammy relationship because of the, the intricacies of it. She doesn't have my blood, but she has my other parts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and they asked me how I got there or how to work through it. And my response back to was love, love them through the differences and to make sure, even if you're trying to figure out how to balance between loving the one that's yours or the one that you feel like isn't biologically yours is making sure, making sure that even if you feel a certain kind of way, because one of them was the one that you watched come out, making sure the other one never feels like you love them less. Mm -hmm. And while that, that's undeniably my story because I love them both equally, but sometimes that narrative can be challenging. Mm -hmm. But I would even say, at least in response to anybody who may have a question around that, the biggest thing is, and Bishop, I think you'd agree, just making sure you don't love, they make sure you don't love them less. Yeah. And um, that, so that, that's at least that part. I don't know why that was on my heart to share it. But well, that's good. And I, and I would hope that in the future that that conversation could be had because that's a big one. Mm -hmm. The whole step parenting piece is huge. It doesn't get enough play. And people don't understand what you just attempted to describe that I can relate to immediately, and that is the love that you have for them is far beyond anything people observing can ever get in touch with. And and whenever you whenever you try to sell it, mm -hmm. they're thinking that you're trying to sell it for appearances mm -hmm. and and to to satisfy uh, in their mind 
that you cool with it, you yeah. know? But, that, but they know yeah. it still gotta be a little funky, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. My son and I have an incredible relationship, and he relates to me in ways better than my two biological <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he and I get it, mm -hmm. and it's groovy, but it's it's one of those, it's almost like a, a mystery. <laughs> but I, I see it as God's grace kissing it in a way that you could never yeah. manufacture. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it for a minute, because like, I think this could be liberating for a lot of brothers um, and sisters. But I think brothers have a particular challenge here. Each of you selected a relationship where there was already a child um, in the mix, right? And you made a conscious decision that I love you, I love all of you, I want the whole package. Like, talk a little bit about like that thought process that that decision making because I, I i think that, that some brothers are like limited there right like they that that's a part of their checklist if you will you want to have a lot of you always have a lot of voices that try to speak it to most of them subtly uh they will suggest that it's not possible to love the child or the children that way um i made a decision the question was asked in our premarital counseling, do you love the child? I said, I don't know the child. I mm -hmm. love the mother. I will learn to love the child. And then I made the decision that I will love this child no matter uh, whether or not that love is reciprocated. And I will make a deposit into their life that will be hopefully substantial, that they'll be able to take and move forward in life. And if it doesn't work out that they appreciate that, I'm good. And then I also because the father was still present, made the decision to never allow that child, my son, to hear me say anything negative about the biological father, no matter how funky it may be. And that, that, that worked out. I mean, probably almost 40 years. That, that's worked out really well. And he appreciated it, and we appreciate each other. Yeah, and I would, I would echo those sentiments. Like, it was just, uh, I'll speak backwards. So from that aspect of it, absolutely, there has to be definitive decisions that you make within yourself about what you will and will not do, how you will and will not do them. Um, Cammy's father is still present. I'll never, I never dishonor him. I, I respect him for who he is and who he is in and all those types of things. Um, I, I'm, you have to be comfortable enough in who you are and who you will, and who at least at the bare minimum, you know, you will be to that child. Everything else you don't control. And I go as far as that what I discovered through working with other families who only had children of their own is you can think you control that, but you don't. That second child that's yours still may be the child that don't like you, that don't care for you, that don't want you around. And it don't matter. You could be present. You could be great. You could you could cook. It don't matter. It's just they publicly disown you. Yeah, it has nothing. It has it can have nothing to do with. So I think part of it is there's a narrative that's been at play that you have more control over how the the child will respond to you if they are biologically yours, and this. It's, it's miseducation. That is not the case. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's part of it. The other part of it is being, I think there are, to work it backwards and go from the beginning, at least an evaluation of what you feel like you're willing to accept. What you And that's, there's nothing wrong with that saying, 
this is what I want, this is what I don't, this is what I'm okay with, with growing through, this is what I don't want to grow through. These are some these are some negotiables for me, these are some non-negotiables for me, and I think we don't have enough conversation about saying it's at least healthy to have that conversation. Yeah, it's like a can you, do you want, it's not, it's not can you, do you want to, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to deal with this if this goes this way? If not, don't jump in. And whether it's a, a step situation or an adoptive situation, mm -hmm. I have found that the appreciation that comes from those children tends to be far greater. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, they know how they got there. Yeah. And they know it wasn't just, you know, mom and daddy having sex and I showed up. <laughs> You know, somebody made a conscious decision mm -hmm. to be in my life and to be in my life right. And and the, the rewards of that, yeah. they, they just, they're just incredible. It's beyond, you know, uh, uh, description, but yeah. Yeah. But I think we also only view, a lot of times, blended families as a result of broken relationships. That's so good. As a result of divorce, as a, as a result of somebody having had a child before they got married and now... But a blended family can be the result of the death of a spouse. Mm -hmm. Like we don't control that. Like I know tons of families who are blended together because, you know, the man and the woman both lost the spouse, and that's how that's so their good. family ended up blended. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're dealing with the demo, uh, the the thought that you know, I want my father, I want my mother, mm -hmm. I missed him. Why did I have to lose a parent? Yeah. You know, so that's a different dynamic there, yeah. or. Just, just to be honest, like, again, I have three children that are all biologically mine, two of which are twins mm -hmm. who have total opposite <coughs> personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Who and, and my relationship with the three of my children is all different. It's all different. <laughs> it's different. You know, having a son that has autism and yeah. his twin brother does not. Like, my relationship with my two boys are totally different. And, and, and so there's no way to think that just because your kids are biologically yours, you're going to be able to control the outcomes. You know, um, you know there's another piece I'd just like to drop in on that. Um, if you have the right, and now we're talking about coming coming uh, to these situations with something of your, of your Christianity, you can be such a great source of healing. That child, the the estranged parent. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That child, the abusive parent. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes even the dynamic between the child and the and the parent that's that's, that's coming to the relationship. You know, many times the child, oh, if it's been a period of time, the child has become a surrogate spouse, mm -hmm. and it's unhealthy. And 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 the 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 parent doesn't, you know, doesn't fully connect with that it takes time you're you're seen as the intruder into the relationship they're both processing that you're feeling all that they can't own it they're still in survival mode you got all God. those pieces that come but but if you're if you're a big person if you are yeah. that high caliber human being that's been touched with the love of Christ and can express it in that yeah you can help them to navigate that. You can be patient and loving and, and walk them into their healing with that. But, you know, with my son, you know, and his relationship with his father, every time he would come and say, I'm feeling this kind of way about this relationship. And I remember one statement without, you know, disclosing his stuff, but I said, listen, you decide how you're gonna love your father and you don't do that 
based on how he may have or what you perceive to either love or not love you. Just do it. And I said, don't let me ever be a barrier. Whatever you want to do to express your love, do that. So those are kind of, those are moments. And they're typically moments yeah. that you can step in and really provide some serious healing and, and bring restoration. And, and it does something to you, right? Like, yeah. the, oh, And when yeah. it happens, it's, you feel something. It's like, man, that was, you feel, you feel like you feel a that would have never happened if I wasn't in this person's life in that kind of way. Right. It, it's, it's, and for me, it's been therapeutic when it happens for me Absolutely. growing up without my dad. And so when we'll have a moment like that, mm. it's like, mm. oh, I see it now. Oh, it makes a little more sense now. Right. And, it, and it, honestly, it, in my context, it makes me be a better parent to Jace. For sure. Got it. Because it makes me make sure Jace never has to have the kind of conversations I have to have with Cammy. Mm. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, for, for, as a, as a, a, a motion of station identification, I think we ought to pause and, and note the fact that the phrase high caliber human being <laughs> is a phrase created and coined by the Bishop Nolan <laughs> So if anybody else uses high caliber human being, we're going to know y'all stole it from the Bishop. Yeah, I just, I just felt like we talk. needed to say that. Because he threw it. He, he threw it. Yeah. yeah, his branding. His branding. For, for the sake of branding, <laughs> I want y'all to know that high caliber human being is a phrase created and coined <laughs> by Bishop Nolan McCants. I love it. So, so for this little bit of time that we have left, I want to pivot into this this last piece regarding finance, right? So, and I don't want to be a hundred. You know, City Point has heard me talk finance many times, so that I don't think is as a valuable. But I do think us talking candidly about as men showing up in our families, making perhaps not the best financial decisions at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, like, what are some of those lessons? Um, and in what ways have we evolved or are we trying to evolve? I think that'll be really, really liberating yeah. um, for yeah. the brothers yeah. that, are, yeah. that are listening. So hey. I, I don't know if any of y'all can trump my buying two vehicles. I'll never forget it. In one day. <laughs> you called you, you you call call me, call me, call me from college oh. to come help you to drive one of the cars back home. Wife knew nothing about it. No, sir. Not nothing about it. I, I thought I was like doing a good thing. Like I, I got it. I'm I'm the man. I, I got us. Don't even worry about it. BMW seven forty five for myself. Um I knew she wanted a Lexus. And so I thought this I'm I'm early in marriage. I'm I'm like I'm in year three or so of marriage. Year two or three. I, I thought she would love it if, if I went and picked out one, <laughs> got a car note for us to pay, and uh, and gave it a car. I picked the color, the, the all of that. Just one. I hadn't pre-talked about it or anything. This is just something I'm doing at the house by myself. Uh, I call you her. Know, I'm glad you went first because now I don't feel so bad about <laughs> Shoot, I was a, I was a genius. <laughs> Wow. All debt. This was all debt. This was like, I came home with $50-something thousand of debt. Um, I don't have any stories. <laughs> I, 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 got, I, I got a whole lot of them stories. Hey, that's how, one of the reasons why me and Demetrius connected so much, uh, even as, as, as co-pastors, and, and more, the reason why our wives connected so well is because they were so used to hearing, like they were able to exchange stupid stories. <laughs> like, 
and, and, and even today, like Demetrius is way more mature in the area of finances than I am, because what I've discovered, even even now that I've gotten to the place where I've I've made more money, I've had access to more money, had access to the opportunity to make more money. Like in these last 60 days, like my wife and I have had some tough conversations because I've had to come to terms with the fact that money don't fix stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to come to terms with the fact that just because I have access to more money and I know how to get more money yeah. and I know how to hustle and make it happen, like if I haven't changed my yeah. habits and my That's behaviors awesome. and my thinking, like I had to come to terms with, um, so the Gottman Institute has this podcast where um, they talk about these eight conversations that every dating couple should have. And they talk about, they have a four minute podcast, powerful, just about the topic of money. And they were asking the question, what does money mean to you? Mm. And understanding what money means to you versus what it means to your spouse. And I realized that 99.9% of the stupid decisions that I have made and make about money have to do with what money has meant to me. And... I always convince myself that having more money would fix the problem because now, you know, I'm good. Mm. I can be stupid and I can actually cover up a lot of my stupidity because I got so much more money. And I realized, like, no, like, having more just almost exasperates your foolishness. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it blows up how dumb you are. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've, I had to come to terms with, like, like no, Wendell, you don't need more money. You need a change in the way you view money, in the way you steward your money, and, and that's been, and, 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 and that has been the the bun of a lot of conversations. Like, no, you need to pray about this. You need to be fast about this. You need to stop being stupid. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't like you ain't got to make it rain all the time. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, like like managing. I think it's more of a stewardship thing, and, and just like don't be dumb. It ain't spiritual. It's cast. It ain't saved. We don't even love the Lord, who are better stewards of their resources <laughs> than I am. Sure. So we got we got sixty seconds, sixty Ooh. seconds each. Bishop, tell us tell us your story and your lesson, and then Teddy, Daddy. close us out with your story, your lesson. Daddy, Daddy. Fourteen, Mama was like a housekeeper. Nobody taught me anything about money. My whole money experience was a crash course. I decided early to be an entrepreneur, decided I would never ever work for anyone, which worked out. For some odd years, never had to ask anybody for a day off. Uh, made all the mistakes, have had just about every negative experience or consequence related to money, whether it's foreclosure, repossession, you know, uh, bad, 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 horrible credit, the whole nine yards. Hang taught me some things. I reeled it in, got some order and structure about my life, learned any way that I could possibly learn. Mentorship, reading, diving in, things are stable for me. I've been able to keep stable business, ministry-wise, business-wise, entrepreneurship-wise, family-wise, put my kids through college, paid for it uh, with no debt. I feel blessed with the Lord. I don't know how all of it worked out, but it did, and I'm just hoping it will get better. And if it doesn't, I'm counting on y'all to provide me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think one thing I would say toward it is, if nothing else, the big thing I didn't learn about was 
one, the need for just honesty and being willing to admit, one, what I didn't know, two, that I didn't know it, three, that we may not know it together, but at least you now know I don't know it, mm. um, so that we can try to figure it out together. Um, so I think a lot of things I learned through pain that I could have avoided through mentorship. So I would say that's a big piece of being honest about what you don't know and talking to people that you do. Um, and I think the other part about it is when you're willing to be honest about it, you can see some things happen. Like that's the biggest thing I would say, practically speaking, is, yeah, there were some mistakes, lots of them. Most of them came from just a, uh, what I didn't know because of what I didn't grow up with. Money ain't a thing. You know, you grew up. You want more money. All you know is boys in black have money, so you want more money. You so you think you just spend more money and that kind of stuff. But a lot of, learned a lot of stuff through pain that could have been avoided through mentorship. Biggest thing I say about money. Biggest thing I tell all my guys about money in particular is get around people who know what they're doing with it and don't be afraid to say what you don't know, and um, don't be afraid to have those tough conversations at home about what you don't know, but how you're getting it right. Is the biggest thing I say. Man, thank you, brother, so much for uh, for giving up your time today to come and share this wisdom. Um, I'm gonna let y'all get out of here, but um, this this is rich, and uh, can't wait to can't wait to air all this content.